Here's what you missed on the last episode of Colony Confidential. The biggest part about getting reviews is creating a culture in the organization, creating this review culture, meaning it's mandatory if you work in, in a business that you have to get reviews. That's how we continue to get the phones to ring. Everyone likes to get their paycheck on Friday or whatever day you get paid on. And everyone likes the security of health insurance and company contributed 401ks. This is part of running a business. We're not asking the employee to do anything outside of their job specifications. You're doing a great job anyway. That's why you work for the company. You're saying bye and thank you. And you're being cordial. You're being the best you can be. All we're saying is just add it in as a piece. So we find the most successful people are building a review culture where they are talking about why it's important to get reviews for the business. They've gamified it for their employees. They've monetized it for their employees, meaning they've given them an incentive, whether that's through gift cards or money or whatever kind of gratification that you want to give your employees for participating because you are asking them to do something. So for me and in, in our pest control business, like it's, it's a way for them to make money. You can make four to $5,000 a year I would say if you just asked, if you asked 70% of the people you interacted with every day, you could probably make four to $5,000 a year in commission slash bonuses just on reviews because that's how important they are to me. I was doing some, just some research the other day. I don't even know if you guys know this. This is awesome news for you. I Googled pest control Brooklyn and colony came up first. That's fabulous. Though. It was amazing. I was really excited for you guys. I'm just going to go to a different screen and check a different browser. Pest control, Brooklyn. But yeah, there you are. So um, using Firefox, when I type in pest control, Brooklyn, you come up first, actually competing with OnGuard. I think you gave him to me as a client. Is that right? So he has 151 reviews. So that right there is huge, by the way. You can't buy that. You can't buy it. And, and right now, what you really need to focus in on is plowing reviews. But you have top spot on this. That placement alone with 200 reviews could generate, I'm not kidding you, hundreds of thousands of dollars in 2021. Wow. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you have top placement, but not top reviews. So that's something you already have it. So you should really push even starting this today with whomever is responsible for that in the office. I don't care if it's thank you calls or technicians or whatever, like you need to, to pounce on that because you can't get that top spot. You can, but if there's no rhyme or reason to it, you got it now. And that could, they could, that could last for two years. They could pull it from you <laughs> tomorrow. So do you know how that even works then? It's all about algorithm. And no, the answer is what we know feeds into it is geolocation, names, categories, subcategories, reviews, recent reviews, keywords used in reviews. There's a lot of, it could be length of time. You, there's a ton of research that could be spent in determining that. And the answer is no one really has a... There's not one thing that does it. And there's much more people or many more people that are experts at figuring out like the placement of the GMB profile than I am. I just will tell you that the more reviews you get, the more often, the better chance you have theoretically of placing at that high level. But right now you have top spot. Again, that's amazing. Where you're behind is the other two guys have more reviews and higher stars. You, you need to blow it up. I'm using Google as a search engine on 
Chrome. And again, this is the smallness of what we're doing. So I'm forcing a Brooklyn search from Glen Cove. I'm sitting in Long Island right now. But if you force in pest control Brooklyn, that's what I'm looking at. I got you. Yeah. That's crazy. So listen, I, I think it's major for you because I know what sort of effect that could have. I, and you're unfortunately playing from the position of not having enough reviews right now, which you just need to pounce on that. If you get two or three reviews a day, you'll be in the game by April. I'm trying to make it part of the KPI so guys can feel the pressure to do it. Yeah. I thought the uh, money incentive would be enough. I was wrong. It's not enough. And interestingly enough, we still have guys who are coming to us looking for more money, a raise in salary, and I'll tell them, you have an opportunity to make more money. Right. You just don't take advantage of it. You're not upselling. You're not selling new accounts. You're not cold canvassing accounts around you. You're not getting reviews. The reviews is the easiest way to make money. You can make $4,000 a year in my company just by getting reviews, and they don't do it. Now what's going to happen this year is they're going to get hit in their bonus. There's going to be a major impact on their bonus. We always have as business owners that, that is, is a bonus an entitlement or is a bonus something that you're giving to employees to motivate them and to, and to reward them for being a great employee. A lot, as a business owner, a lot of times it becomes an entitlement, right? So people just expect it, which is okay. I get it too. Like I was an employee at one point, I expected a lot of things. And as a business owner, you wanna drive the behavior to create employees who go above and beyond, right? You pay them to do a job. That is the fact. You pay them every week or every two weeks to do their job. And then hopefully you give them opportunities to make more money. And we've been pushing reviews for years. And what we ask for is one or two review requests today, which is not hard to do. Yeah, you would think it wasn't. You would think it's not. But yeah, it's a constant motivational force for our management team to continue to go after and to train and to create that culture for reviews. And it's like anything else in business. It's not necessarily easy, but it's a necessity. And it's funny that you mentioned the bonuses. And I think that's one of the biggest things everybody starting out does is, especially if you celebrate some kind of holiday, right? Obviously the big ones in where we are Christmas and Hanukkah and they're around the same time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do that holiday bonus. Yeah. And we all made the mistake. I made the mistake. Let me not say we all, a lot of people make the mistake of Oh yeah, here's a nilly willy bonus of what you're worth, whether it's a week's salary or whatever. And there was never, for me, KPIs were one of the hardest things to get done because all the KPIs that are out there are all residential based. There's callbacks built in. There's all these things for a residential model that really don't work in commercial. Do a 72 story commercial building and today the guy does floors 20 to 15 or whatever it is, you can't penalize him for a call on the 72nd floor that, that's a completely different monster. So it took me a solid 18 months to really trial and error with the KPIs that I shared with you, that I showed you. And now implementing that, any brand new employee, it doesn't matter. It's part of their hiring process. Here are your KPIs. The old guys are like, what do we yeah. got to do this for? So that's the hardest part is changing the culture, like you said, and getting yeah. people on board. We're doing something new. The thing that I was waiting for that we discussed was, Here's this person that finally hit 20 reviews and they got XYZ. 
We have right. one kid that works for us that has 19 reviews. And I'm like, bro, can you please just get another one? And he's just, who am I going to ask? I'm like, what do you mean? You have more than 19 people that you speak to. You only sent out 30 reviews. So you already have a great amount of people giving them back. That's over, what, uh, 70% or something like, over 50 either way, which is, so I was like, just ask five more people. You'll get the one, we'll give you the money. It'll be nice. It's interesting because... Technicians see so many people every day, right? So whether it be a, a doorman, a porter, office manager, a VP, it, it could be anybody. Anyone that a technician interacts with can get asked for a review. It could be an elevator operator. Hey, what's up, John? Hey, what's up? Great to see you again. Hey, can you do me a favor? I know that we don't, I don't service you, but you know me from the building. Can you just leave a review saying that Colony's a great company and I'm a nice guy? It's true. That's a true statement, right? Polite. They have a good rapport. It's a good relationship. He works for the building. Although it's not necessarily a decision maker, it doesn't matter. It's still Colony interacting with ABC company. And that's the feedback we want. Because if that technician has those sorts of relationships built out through an organization or built out through a building, then that's the feedback that we want. We want to know that the, the relationships are deep and even if it's from someone who answers the phone or someone who welcomes them, a receptionist when they come in and says hi and thank you and gets the keys, that's just as important as the person who walks them around. That's just as important as the property manager. That's just as important as the, the VP of facilities. It doesn't matter to us as the owners who's giving the review as long as they're honest. Like I, I would never ask them to say, hey, tell your friends. In fact, I frown upon that. Because that's not what we're looking for when there's so much opportunity on any given day of anyone that you interact with, who you're doing business with. It could be a vendor even. Hey, you know, can you leave me a review? Just say that it's great doing business with me because it is, right? Like I pay my bills on time. You, I, you have a good relationship with me as a business owner. You just have to say, Joe's a great guy. I love working with him. That's a true review. Correct. We've gone through with them and it's the same as press control. You and I service similar markets, the exact mm -hmm. same market, if you will. Pretty There's much. enough for the both, for all of us, right? So of course. in the beginning when you and I spoke and I said, oh, I'm going to have the office only ask these people and this tech, because you really can't do that. The office doesn't always speak to the super or the handyman or the porter, but they talk to the receptionist. And then even as an owner or a manager, yeah. you speak to this person. Yeah. So there's so many levels. Yeah. The answer is yes. And then also you throw in apartment buildings. If you guys do any apartment buildings, tenants, tenants love their exterminators typically, right? They, they like them. They have relationship. They report, they give them an extra glue board. They do the right service for them. They, they maybe even get, you know, tips for, for, uh, at holiday time from a tenant because they're just appreciative that someone cares about their issue and they'll certainly leave a review for them. That's an easy ask. And that's the key. The asking is the key. The system itself takes care of the rest. If you ask, you're going to get it back 25 to 50% of the time. And by the way, where's your dad? Where's that? He, he looked at his paper calendar and realized he had a colonoscopy to do a song. Uh, that's talking to me. <laughs> for his age, right? He's 75. Yeah. He's very tech savvy for his age. Yeah. But then sometimes he'll be like, I got to check my calendar. I'm like, bro, Go in your phone and check it. He's like, the calendar on the fridge, the one I write on. I'm like, come on. 
You got his phone. You can look at any time. That's funny. I send him calendar reminders that he accepts, but he writes it on the fucking paper still. I, I'll oh, be honest. I have a calendar at my house, a whiteboard calendar with all the kids' stuff. Same shit. I understand that because that's top of mind. My father literally would be like, yo, let me know what you're doing February, March. And he'll have it on the paper calendar. Yeah. It's all whiteboarding for a family. There's so many crazy things going on in the house. You got to constantly be erasing and writing. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just stuff with the kids, because it's the first thing the whole family looks at. Of course. It's kids at whatever. That makes sense. All so right. the last time we spoke, we gave everybody the concept of reviews. I want everybody to understand where the reviews actually go, because we spoke about Yelp and what that was for in the past. So with two-step reviews, where do they go? Are they visible everywhere? Yeah. So with two-step reviews, we can send reviews anywhere. So it gets a little bit technical. We're a review capture company whose sole target is to drive revenue. Let's start there. Now, based upon that, there has to be cooperation between systems. So we know that Google is the number one search platform where people look for things. Bing as a far second. So there's a couple of components of, of how that works. And I'm going to explain this rather quickly. We have to have the ability to send the review to Google. We have to then be able to get the response from Google if someone leaves a review. Then we have to reply to the review from the platform, send that reply back to Google, and Google has to accept that. It's called APIs, and it's, it's all about having an open API. So Google has that. We're able to utilize Google. Facebook uses that, and we're able to do it with Facebook. So those are two companies that we primarily work with. Theoretically, two-step can work with any social media or any platform that has an open API. We choose to only work with Google and Facebook right now because those are the two places where most eyes are. In other words, if someone's looking for a pest control provider, they're going to go to Google 99 or 95% of the time. So we want our reviews to point there primarily. As a secondary, if someone doesn't have a Gmail account, we want them to go to Facebook because maybe they'll type in our company name. Maybe someone mentions us on Facebook. So we want to have a, a decent presence and a decent reputation on Facebook. Once you get past that, you're getting into the fringes of search, Yelp, Home Advisor, Thumbtack, Angie's List, all these other areas that you could find a provider. Could we send reviews there? We possibly could, but it wouldn't be the best use of your review. You want your reviews to go to places where people are looking. So Google and Facebook are the places that we choose and for those particular reasons. Everywhere you go, Google is always where you, that your best bang for your buck. But you did mention something really good that I think is the auto response. It only happens for good reviews, correct? Explain it to me. So within our system, again, review capture is the game. So the technician is going to send out the review request to the customer. It's simple and easy for the customer to use. They click on the text message they get. It automatically opens to the Google page for you, right to the review page. They leave the review. When the APIs talk, that review comes back into the two-step dashboard. As long as it's a four or five-star review, 
the system is automatically set up as long as you opt in, which it auto opts you in unless you opt out on two steps platform to leave an auto response. Now that response could either be the same every time or you can have a revolving response. So you can have different responses to the reviews. So we take that process out of the admin or the owner's necessity. They don't have to go in and respond to every review anymore, which is time consuming. At the end of every day, you get home, and all of a sudden you're busy all day, then you have to type responses. No, auto respond to your positive reviews. If a negative review happens, the opposite happens. There is no auto response. If there's a one, two, or three star review, which will inevitably happen for every pest control company, you can't make everybody happy. Correct. Then what happens is a text and an email goes out to the admin or the owner on the account to say, hey, you've got some negative publicity out there on Google or Facebook, and you need to address the situation. Now, you can either address that by researching it and calling the customer, trying to make the situation go away, whatever you got to do to make the customer happy. And there's just some customers you're never going to make happy, in which case you have to leave a very, I would say, pointed response. Strategic. So I'll do my research. I'll correct whatever inaccuracies there are in the review. Because a lot of time, like we just got one on Facebook. The guy annihilated us. And I, oh, you're the biggest liar. He called me, he called me a schmegma. Not me. You can look it up. It's a Yiddish word. It's gross. And it, Shmegma it's is a Yiddish word? I think so, yeah. It's like Fomunda. Yeah, down there, the cheese down under. And, and, and how do you combat that? The best part about that is if you are a half educated consumer, you read Schmegma and you discount the entire review anyway. I would. I'd be this, like, oh, this, this person was angry. Yeah, angry. And he's like, you're the biggest liar. The CSR is the biggest liar. Meanwhile, I have documentation that she was at the office at eight o'clock one night talking to this gentleman, trying to make his not a big problem, but his problem go away. Anyway. I responded to this particular guy very nicely, clarified some of the issues. Please, I've called you twice. You haven't called me back. Call me to talk. Second response was even more vile and just like abusive. So then I just replied the second time and said, again, I'm here for you. Whenever you want to talk, give me a call. Like, I can't help you if you don't talk to me. So if you want to talk about the problem, call the office. I'm Jeremy. I'm the owner. Something like that. Now, there was probably seven iterations of that response that were not friendly and you have to be careful on facebook <laughs> because if you send it and edit it they could read your edits be careful so i always write them in an outlook <laughs> to make more of my spelling is right it's easier on or on microsoft word it's like writing a nasty email back to someone you never send it but it just feels good to get off your chest yeah there's probably some companies out there that you'll find some email you get one day that are great and hilarious responses to people who say they got bad reviews. And there's probably one or two people that are really creative writers that could do that. I would suggest not doing that as a norm. It's too much wasted energy, in my opinion. Just respond kindly and throw in a bless your heart at the end of it. We all know what that means. And even as Northeasters, we know what bless your heart means. Search it on social media. I'm sure there's a meme about it. I took my son to get a haircut last night and you could hear a woman over the phone screaming at the receptionist and the receptionist was saying, I don't know what else you want me to do. We have the jacket. We could send it to you. So long story short, she gets off the phone. The woman is almost in tears dealing with this person. Yeah. And there's a guy trying to console her. Basically, two women were at the salon getting their haircut. One of them was blind. The blind woman took the other woman's jacket by mistake. Oh boy. Immediately. You should not get angry. 
my opinion. Before the woman leaves the salon, they figure all this out. They call the woman. Obviously, the woman uses like Cesaride or something. So they tell the woman in the, in the salon, she lives five minutes from here. Right. She said you could go pick it up if you want. Now it's a week later. They have the jacket in the store that she had already agreed to come get. Now she says, no, mail it to me. People are, people are animals. This idea of being nice and being kind and understanding quickly goes out the door. And then there's the sense of entitlement. Like, I paid you $27. Now you owe me. You owe me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I owe you. I owe you, okay? <laughs> this is the question that we touched on a little bit. The million-dollar question. How do you encourage a customer to take that time to write a review? And okay. a good one. Because we know about quantifying before asking, you yeah. and I do, but let's talk about the whole process. Yeah, so actually, I, I find the hardest part is what we talked about a little bit earlier, is creating that culture of getting everyone to do it, just to ask for the review. So what we teach is the qualification. So if we go to someone's home, and we'll use a house for an example, and we're treating for ants or mice. And we say, at the end of the service, you may just say, how was everything? Was the experience okay? As you're getting your money even, okay, I'm out the door. How was everything? Everything was good. Have a great day. In the old days, you shook hands, and I maybe did the elbow bump. But how was everything? Ah, you guys are awesome. You came right away. You took care of my mouse problem, my husband, my wife, my whoever is going to be so happy that it's just over with. Thank you hey, before I leave, can I ask you um, to do me a favor and leave a review for me? It'll literally take you under a few minutes. I could send you a text. You could do it at your convenience. Would you do that for me? Please mention my name. It means a lot to me, and it would also mean a lot to the people that I work for. That's how I get recognized by them. Would you do that? Some variation of that. So we call it qualifying the ask. So you're making sure that they had a good experience. You're asking if they'll leave you a review personally as the technician because they're more willing to do something for you than they are for the company. They don't care about the company. They do care about the person who services them, which is important. And then you make it even more personal by saying, hey, can you mention my name? And then right there in front of them, you say, great, let me put your name. Okay, your name is uh, Don. Great, Don. What's your cell phone number? Boom. As soon as you send it, the uh, Don will or whomever you're speaking to will get that text message. Now, at that point, this, the, the product that takes over. We know as soon as you send that message, if you ask that way and you provided great service in a company that's 15 to 20 people or higher, you should be getting between a 25 to 50% success rate. You don't have to do anything. The system does everything after that because it sends it three times. The wording, we created wording that's boilerplate that any owner or admin can change. We say, keep it simple, get to the point, but just putting it in front of them and making it easy for them to do, that's the secret sauce and hitting them three times. There's nothing else that has to be done. You just do it and then it's just this statistical numbers game. You send out 100, you're going to get between 25 to 50 at a minimum. If you do it that way, we have one client out of New Jersey who wants to do it a different way. He takes all of his clients at the end of the month or week, and he sends everyone a text at the same time. He's super happy, by the way. His success rate is about 6 to 7%. He doesn't want to do it my way. He doesn't want to do it the way I'm explaining. He's got a fourth of the success or sometimes an eighth of the success but is really happy with that success because he wants to control how he does it. My opinion is if you just educate, 
the people who work for you, incentivize them to do it, your success should be much higher. And that's all with text messaging. If you do it with email, or like a lot of times people say, oh, can, you, can we just upload our entire database and send it all out once? I'm like, I guess we could do that. It's a horrible idea. And I've seen it done with other companies that have, have presented to me over the last 10 years of reviews. And you just don't get a good success rate. Emails will shave your success rate by 90 or even higher, 95% on return. That's how few people look at emails. It's nuts. That's crazy, but it makes a ton of sense because we live in the now. Really, we live in the future. Like right now, you want the future to be happening. That's right. It. But I ha- email, right? We get all this great automation. E- invoices are automatically emailed, right? We have gotten at least 20 phone calls saying you cannot email the invoices anymore because yeah. inboxes are inundated. You're right. I have more than a thousand in my inbox. And if I don't come in at five o'clock or four 30 in the morning for two or three days in a row, I can get that down to 60. <laughs> I can, I'm good at it. And I don't mind that I'm good by myself. No one bothers me for two or three hours before everyone else gets in. And I do it like once a month. And then, but like within three weeks, it's back up to 600. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Yeah. So I was talking before we spoke with Paul Gianna More about the best markets, to start a pest control business. And he spoke about how flooded or saturated Florida and the Georgia market are. And it would seem like a no brainer for a small company for its growth to have a system to manage their reviews. How does it affect your growth if you don't have a system to manage reviews? That was a long ass question, sorry. I think I got it. Everyone needs to be getting reviews on their Google business page. Bottom line. And I keep saying this to everyone I speak to and I speak to people all day long from sole proprietors of pest control companies or other types of businesses to mass organizations that we're talking to right now that have 3,000 locations, not pest control specifically, but just across the country. And if you do nothing else, If you do no advertising, a lot of small pest control people are proud that they do no advertising, they're all word of mouth, which is great, by the way. If you don't do anything, you need to still get reviews on your Google business page because you may be part of a BNI, you may be part of a chamber of commerce, you may be getting recommended by clients, you may be doing clover leafing by leaving flyers around, you may be doing door knocking, although those guys absolutely know the importance of getting reviews. So any activity that you're doing on that sort of like micro level, you need to get reviews because if someone then goes to Google on their phone, if they get a flyer or they are introduced to you at a chamber of commerce or recommended to you on Facebook, they're just going to take your name and put it into Google and say, let me see what these guys are all about. And the first thing that'll pop up is your Google business page. So that is your reputation online. So our product focuses in on that and understands that we help you build your brand and build your reputation online. That's the first piece of it. So if you're doing nothing else other than very minor things and getting word of mouth, which is, I don't mean to quote it like that, but a lot of people will say, oh, we're just built through word of mouth. Then you still need to build your brand online because that's where people are going to go look for you after they hear. Should I use, well, it seems pretty interesting. Should I use them? Let me look at them. The answer is you need to have a hundred reviews, number one. Number two, eventually someone may want to buy your business. You may want to sell your business. And that 
that asset goes with you and your business. So you can say we do $200,000 in uh, residential annuity quarterlies. We have uh, $50,000 in termite work. We do $65,000 in commercial annuities and $200,000 in specials. Oh, and by the way, I have 1,685 reviews on my Google business page that generates all day long, all you'll hear from my customers, oh, I found you on Google, I found you, I read your reviews, I read you. That will happen in any big place like Florida, right? You have a small business in Florida, there's a tremendous amount of competition. And those guys know how to get reviews, a lot of them. Not everyone, but a lot of them do. So you have to be in this game, whether you like it or not, if you want your business to grow and you want to have an asset that has some value to it when eventually you want to get out. So either you're trying to grow your business or you're trying to sell your business. But either way, you want to have value. And the product that we have helps you create that value. A hundred percent. So interesting, we spoke about the future a little bit. The future of home services, I think, is you're in your house. Here's a leaky pipe. You're in the basement. Leaky yeah. pipe. Hey, Google. Hey, Alexa. You say, I need a plumber immediately. There's no more visual anything. Just listening, and then it'll say, here are the top three companies. Five star, one star, six star, 75 reviews, 35 reviews. Do you want to hear more about either company? Yeah, let me hear the worst review for company one. and the best review. Do you think that's not going to have any effect on what you do, except for it's going to continue to drive the need? That goes into the second piece of the product, which is that near me type search. So you can't plan for what's going to happen in seven years with, with audio searching versus online and phone searching. What you can do is play for the now and play for the future, going back to what you said. So the near me type search is the next thing of, of why getting reviews on your Google business page is so prevalent. When someone's looking for a pest control company near you or near wherever you are, you don't have to type in pest control, uh, West Palm Beach, pest control, Kalamazoo, Michigan. You just have to type in pest control and Google knows where you are. Very similar to saying, hey, I need pest control provider. You don't even have to say near me anymore, even though they're still pushing that narrative on their commercials. If you pay attention to them, they're all over the sports, at least what I'm watching, the sports commercials. And right now, people are still using their phones and still using desktops. And they said desktops would go away. And I think they are, obviously. And a lot of people are using their phones much more than desktops these days. We would imagine that the way that they push information will be similar. What we know from Google is they're shrewd businessmen. They're going to push their advertising first. Speculatively speaking, that could open the door eventually for people like DuckDuckGoGo, Bing. There's other search engines out there right now that are getting maybe some traction. I don't know if anyone's ever going to take Google over in our lifetime, but listen, who thought MySpace was ever going to go away? That disappeared like that. But Google's so big and so vast that I'm not so sure that Google's ever going to go away. But at what point do people get annoyed that they're pushing sponsored content over voice or over Alexa? So the answer is the game's not changing yet. And if it does change, you're going to have the most reviews in your area anyway. Whether or not Google pushes that over voice, it's anyone's guess. But how can you plan for something that's not here yet fully? Iterations are going to change and change. 
but people are still going to be on their phones. I don't know when that's going to change. When is someone not going to go on their phone to find something? And just, I don't use voice all that often, but I'm also older. I'm in my mid forties. So I don't know if 20 year olds or 30 year olds don't look it up anymore and just say, Hey, find me a pest control person near me. I do know that your phone's listening to you and I'm going to be targeted for everything we're talking about today with like ridiculous ads on Instagram and, you know, Facebook and TikTok and whatever other medias I you're go on. Pest control and review ads when we're done here. Before Funny me. what you say about Google. So I'm reading this book. It talks about content kings. Yes. And Google's a content king. Uber's a content king. And you go in and you take over that space and there's people that are going to come in and copy it, but you've been there so long and you're continuing to change that. Google has been doing that forever. I, I agree. I don't know if our lifetime they'll ever get away from it. The beauty of the two-step review platform is we could shift with anyone. If tomorrow Google ceases to be the number one review platform or the number one search platform, we could shift and point your client's because remember what we do, we're a review capture company that currently focuses on Google and Facebook because that's where your clients are looking for you. If that changes in the next year or two years or three years, we will add and or shift where we think that should go for you. Our goal is to get your clients to talk about you. That's our goal. There's always going to be positive. There's always going to be negative. Our goal is to get your happy customers to talk about you. Your unhappy customers don't need help. They're going to find you and they're going to talk about you. But your happy customers, that's where the problem is. Because if you're happy and you provide great service, like how often are you blown away at a restaurant or at your salon or the, the hairdresser or the barbershop that you go to and you're like, shit, I get home. I'm, I'm going to leave that guy a review on Google. But if you're wrong, if that guy, if that person at the barbershop, let's say you were like visiting San Diego and, and they cut you and then you're like, hey, bro, like you're cutting me. He's like, oh, I don't care. I'm like, cut your whole head. You're like, dude, what's wrong with you? You leave there, practically get into a fist fight with the guy. You may very well leave that guy to review later. This guy's a, a butcher. Don't go to him. Very easy to get negative reviews. Not so easy to get positive reviews. Negatives are the easiest, but I think it's part of the new tip also. Just what do you mean? The new tipping, right? Certainly in a residential. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So somebody's going to give you 10 bucks, maybe they'll give you five and then give you a review, which also, if you're going to write, like we said, doubles down on the money you can make. But only right. certain people think that way anyway. Yeah. There's a tremendous, I would say 5% of our industry and in pest control is focusing on reviews and then 95% are not, and they're missing the boat we've discussed this recently. We're like the middle-aged guys now. Like we're not the young guys anymore. Like we're not 20 years old. We're not up and comers or 23, 24, even 30. We're middle-aged guys. But then there's that next level of 50, 60, 70 year olds who are older guys, 80, and they're practically retired, but they're still there. So this range of 50 to 80, which is a pretty big range, are completely missing the boat. And those are the guys that are going to be selling their businesses soon. So if there's someone listening to this that's in that later part of their career or company that doesn't have a succession plan that's going to be looking to sell, whether it be to a guy like you and I, a smaller company that could take on a, a smaller route, or even more so, a company that's doing a few million dollars, like a, a nice regional player that's not focusing on, on reviews, 
no matter where you are in that gambit, you're missing the boat. Whether or not you use two-step or not, you're missing the boat. You have to get Google reviews at this point. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Whether you use a company like mine that's going to help you do it, that's going to help you uh, automate it and make it very easy, or if you can crack the code on your own, good, good for you. You have to do what's best for you. But if you're not doing it, you're not doing the right thing for sure. And if you're doing anything else and you're not doing it, then you're just throwing money away. So if you're doing pay-per-click, Google local search, any sort of paper advertising, Valpac, a local newspaper, diner placement ad, yellow pages, if you're still doing that, whatever, and you're not focusing in on your brand, then you're burning money. You're burning money because if it works on the occasion that someone opens that Valpac and it's like, hey, let me check out uh, Mosquito Joe in Newark, New Jersey. And they Google and they're like, holy shit, Mosquito Joe has a 3.2 rating with, now I don't know what Mosquito Joe has. They could be greatly uh, represented in Newark, New Jersey. I have no idea. Just that's the name that popped into my head. But if any company had a 3.2 with 13 reviews, a 3.2 stars with 13 reviews, that Valpac money in this situation is wasted. I personally would never call someone with a 3.2. Yeah. I just wouldn't. I'd be like, oh, there's got to be someone better. You'd definitely search. You would overlook them. Yes. I would almost, that Valpac is working for me and you. Correct. So if you're advertising in Valpac, the local newspaper, anything, any, if you're networking, if you're spending your time going to a B&I meeting and you're handing out business cards and then that insurance broker, because all of them have insurance brokers, recommends you to his brother and says, hey, call Joe from Colony. And his brother's oh shit, Joe from Colony. Thanks, got in the email. What's the first? Copy, paste into Google, Colony, Pest. Now you actually have good reviews, 4.8. 43, 58, whatever you have, it's not bad. 4.8 is good enough for me as a consumer. Right. You start going below 4.4 and I'm going to read why people don't like you. That's me. Now, some other people are like, I will never use someone with a five star. I only use people with four. Those are the outliers. Most people are, are calling the more reviews, the higher stars. I think that you hit on something there. It's like people, the old adage is, Back in the days, the yellow pages worked amazing for certain people, and they only focused on the yellow pages. Yes. Nowadays, there is not one single marketing thing that you can do and just blow it up, except possibly this. If you only wanted to focus on one thing to build your brand and get more people, this is probably the one place that you could do that, probably for the least amount of money and then when you build this you can add the other pieces but there's nothing else that really works a hundred percent even google yeah it's great but it's it's not just one thing on google it would be yeah. banner ads it'd be pay-per-click it'd be google guarantee but guess what else you need for google right use yeah so, so the one thing i think that you could focus on and not focus on any other marketing and you would still push traffic to your yes audience. A hundred percent. So from a near me type perspective and a reputation ownership perspective, you have to be getting reviews on your Google business pages. If you're using two-step reviews, it's the, the cost is as if you do any sort of advertising, the cost and you can look, look on Colony's podcast page for, or they'll send you information about how to get in touch with us. 
But if you look at the price that it costs to do business with us, it's nothing. From a marketing perspective, it's pennies a day. Literally, it's that Sally Struthers commercial. For a cup of coffee, you could feed a... Right? Remember those growing up? It's some, true. some of your listeners will remember that. Um, those aren't on anymore. So it's pennies a day just to do one thing. But if you're doing anything else, home advisor, thumbtack, you name it, PPC, Google guaranteed, you have to be doing this at this point. Anyone who's not doing this is needs to call or just figure this out right away. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I just want to thank Jeremy Ecker again from Two Step Reviews. Take a look at the website. There is a special link to, to contact him through Colony Confidential. You can always DM us, call us, text me, email me, and we'll put you in touch the right way. Jeremy, thanks again. Is there anything else you want to say? I'm all set, man. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. It's always, it's always great to see you and talk, and I look forward to catching a drink with you soon. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. Bye, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe and review. Send us anything you want us to know about at colonyconfidential at gmail.com.